0: Hey everybody, welcome to the inaugural episode of Movie Buffs, which is a podcast where we are going to talk about all things movies and film, and uh, contrary to what it may seem like, our name is more creative than what it sounds like, because there is a double meaning to the word buffs in our case, and I am... Gonna introduce myself too. So my name is Xandra McMahon and uh I am um, joined by some some lovely fellows that I'm gonna let introduce themselves.
1: Happy to be here, Zan.
0: What is your name, Sam?
1: <laughs> you said it all, sister. No. My name is Sam Ruthier, and I love movies. I love film.
2: Uh this is Jared Funk Bray. Um, I also love movies. We're all buffaloes. I'm happy to be here and talk about some film.
3: And my name's Tommy Wood, and I hate movies, and I <laughs> as I'm a masochist.
0: <laughs> and like Jared said, we are all buffaloes. So he kind of explained the the double meaning to our name, which is yeah, we all went to CU Boulder, um, which is this t- teeny little university in uh, in in Boulder, Colorado, and. Uh, you know, that's that's where we all met, so we figured, you know, carry on the namesake and we are the movie buffs. And uh, and today sko we're buffs. yeah, Sko Buffs. And today we're gonna be talking about um, a charming film, just really happy tale, called Hereditary.
1: Oh shit. We're not talking about Uncle Drew.
0: <laughs> Sam saw the wrong movie this week, and now it's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just kidding.
0: But yeah, I mean, what can one of you ex- tell me? Describe to me what this movie is about, like in a nutshell. Because I will say part of my you know review of this is that the marketing was masterful for this movie. Because going into it based on the trailers, you have no idea what you're getting into. Like the trailers really reveal very little about what this movie's about. But this is a spoiler heavy podcast, okay, so I if you haven't
2: full spoiler yeah, right, if you okay, haven't right seen,
0: <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen this movie. Then you know, turn back. You've been warned. Um, but yeah, who who wants to t- tackle the the summary, the synopsis of this film?
1: I this think Jared, Jared does. Yep. This Thanks,
2: is Jared. this is a movie about essentially how demons in this universe take over a family, um, and eventually, it the demon call is called Palmon and payment palman and basically long story short it takes over everyone uh, most notably this girl and his uh, and her brother peter and a lot of traumatic things happen which leads to a very exciting and disturbing final scene full of naked people and <laughs> beheaded people this is riveting. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I messaged you guys uh, in the group chat that someone had spoiled this movie for me. A um, a coworker of mine just said, Don't see this movie. It's really good and then the end there's just naked people and it sucks. And I was literally gonna see the movie that night. And I was just and I okay. knew it was getting a lot of buzz and reviews, so I was really disappointed. Well, um, I
0: I hope you don't trust this coworker's opinion very much because if he says this movie sucks, movies, no. yeah, th- there you go.
2: Well, but um, I think it's generally just worth taking things seriously. So, um, it might seem a little silly the, the way I was talking about it, but I think it's I think there's some interesting things there that that can be talked about. But I don't know where we want to jump in, what parts or what aspects um, stick out to you guys.
0: I'd love to hear just like initial thoughts from Sam and Tommy too, just right out of the gate, you know any 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 thoughts brewing that just just general overview.
3: Yeah, like the biggest the biggest shock for me is you talked about how well marketed it was as they you really go into this movie thinking it's gonna be kind of your stereotypical creepy little girl possession movie, and just the misdirection of that, I thought was handled so well and so shockingly and brutally. Uh, you, you you really don't see what happens coming you don't see the, the cute little girl getting beheaded 30 minutes into the movie <laughs> with her uh, own brother being responsible and, and just the, the way it, it would uh, th- they handle all that with the, the, the long takes of the brother's face after uh, of Peter's face after he just was responsible for his sister's death and the uh, the smash cut to her rotting head on the side of the road which uh, caused two people to leave it <laughs> during my showing. I mean, just, you don't expect that. And, and once, once that happens, you know that this movie is just going to keep fucking with you. If it subverted your expectations that early on in such a dramatic way, you're like, at least for me, I was like, oh man, like this, is, <laughs> this isn't my average horror movie.
0: I love that people left in the middle of your screening. <laughs> like it was that scarring for them. That is really saying something. Yeah, it's
1: a pretty gruesome
0: shot. Yeah. No, of any of the shots in the film for people to leave, like that one makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that stuck with me too. Um, one of those movie moments where I actually involuntarily had an auditory response. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. You know, like somebody just punched you in the gut. It was one. Of the, it was pretty gruesome. Um, yeah, there were a lot of twists. I don't know. I, I thought it was a little drawn out. I got a little bored at times. Um, but overall, I mean, it, it did do a great job. I think you guys are right. Going into it, I I already wasn't sure what was going to happen, but it definitely wasn't what I was expecting. And uh, I kind of had some problems with the last scene. It it kind of just kind of left me confused up until that point when they're in the treehouse and they're crowning him and stuff, like, it's, it's it's great, scary, and thrilling, and then all of a sudden, people are just floating and shit, and it kind of lost me with... I felt like I didn't really know why he was being crowned. He's the king of demons now? Is that, what, is that what's happening here?
2: He is. He's one of Essentially, the... Essentially,
0: yes. Yeah.
3: Pretty tight company. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have a bone to pick with how the movie panned out. Like, I... I think I love the first, you know, hour and a half. And then the last 30 minutes, I was kind of like, I didn't, like, I'm okay with the way that the turn this movie is going. But I think that there's a lot of missed potential here. And I can get more into, like, the bone that I want to pick with it later, you know, after we talk more about, like, the parts that we liked. but um,
3: Did you not like that it went supernatural? Because I know that was what quibble that people had with it.
0: Yeah, I, okay, so I'll, I'll just get to do it now, why not? But, so, I I really feel like it would have been ten times scarier if it had stayed away from the supernatural realm and had just stayed in this, because then I felt like that they were setting it up for this, because they talk about, first, they build this really authentic family, and these interactions with them are very realistic and very relatable, and I really thought that that was so well done and that also adds to the creep factor because you're like oh this family could seem like any other family so it seems very normal the way they're interacting you know they have a daughter who's you know deformed but that's fine and and, and then it, so it just makes the incoming horror like that much more terrifying and um and then they were setting it up with all of this like family history and like this highly dysfunctionalness and just making it you know really stand out and t- when she was talking at the group about you know her brother killing himself and her mom finding his body and her dad starving himself because of depression and then you know so it just all felt like it was leading up to the mom snapping because of this trauma and then doing something awful to her family but then they took it into this completely different direction and I just was kind of not prepared for it and I think that it it would have just been more cohesive and made more sense and carried on with what the rest of the film was trying to say because it felt like it was a different film in the last 30 minutes, kind of, you know? It was just, like, a 180 to me. me. I don't know what you guys think about that.
2: I was reading some interviews briefly from the director and that was a question he was getting a lot, like, why don't you have a more ambiguous ending or, you know, um, leave it more up in the air and I guess just from the get-go, he wanted to make a movie about, like, the devil the demon taking over someone. He's, like, very clear about that. Um, uh, The opening shot with um, the miniatures I thought was really cool. I think there was some missed potentials with that, too. Because, like, it was really intense and I'm like, oh god, is this whole movie, like, gonna not be what we think it is type of thing? But I think it was just a metaphor for them being controlled by, you know, Haman, or whatever his name is. So, it, it was very much his intention to not, or to go into the supernatural realm with, hmm. you know, the ending. Which is interesting, because it didn't really seem like that to me, either.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think part of the point might have been just to to, like, gradually... Draw you into the idea that this family has absolutely no control over all the mm-hmm. horrible things that are happening to them, and that nothing they do can save themselves. And I think that's kind of how I felt by by the end of the film. Like these people were just kind of like unfortunate, unwitting pawns in this creepy cult plan to resurrect one of the eight kings of hell. And I think. I think the director Ari Aster even said this: that uh, if you look at the movie from Peter's perspective, it's the. Um, he, he said it was the, uh, a story of a sacrifice told from the perspective of the lamb, which I think is kind of an interesting way to look at that movie.
1: Yeah, um, and I I like what you say there, Tommy, about the losing control gradually. Uh, that hit home for me when the the wife is really just losing it, and she finds the bodies in the attic. And she tells her husband, and he's like, why didn't you call the police? And you just laugh. It's like, what are the police going to do? They're so far gone. (laughs) Like, there's nothing the police can do in this situation. So, um, yeah, that all, I mean, thank you, guys. It kind of gives me a new perspective on that final scene. And and I I can put more support behind it now, although I still felt it was a little just weird with the naked people and stuff. But, I mean, so so is demonic possession. That's a pretty weird subject, too.
2: I guess there were some hints to, like, some of the, I guess we're just calling them the naked people in the attic, yeah. but they were, um, they were at What's-Your-Face's, fi- Charlie's funeral, yeah. like, they're, yeah. like, creepily looking around, and so they were, there were some hints, like, put in there, if you, like, re-watched it, but, mm-hmm. um, maybe on first watch, you know, you might not be able to pick up on something like that
3: when annie went to another cool bit of foreshadowing i thought was when annie goes to the group for the first time she's telling them about her family's messed up history she mentions that like her schizophrenic brother committed suicide and said that grandma was trying to put people in him and so it makes you wonder like was grandma trying to possess her own son with payment and then he committed suicide and then she couldn't possess charlie because payment wanted a man yeah. So then she finally had to wait for Peter to come around. She, and she even, um, but she, she breastfed Charlie. So I think, I think that might be how payment got into Charlie in the first place. Like I, I the way you, you set that up, you, he sets that up through, uh, Annie talking in the group and through the little miniature of the grandma breastfeeding Charlie, which was a really creepy looking, looking doll, by the way. Um, <laughs> But I I thought that was all really interesting. It it, it kind of is what gives the film its title, and that like payment is literally passed down from the grandma to the next generation of the family.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I I like that that take that that helps me um, accept this supernatural witchcraft storyline mm-hmm. a little bit more. And um, yeah, that foreshadowing that you pointed out at the group that's really interesting about yeah the grandma. He's trying to put people in him. Um, yeah. Don't it's, put it's people just... in me, Grandma. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, well, an- another thing that I want to talk about is just like, um, you know, te- technical achievements of the film. I thought that um, it just, it looked great. It looked really, really cool. And I think the, the ways that they manipulate the lighting. And um, I distinctly remember there's a shot where um, it's an exterior shot of the house and it goes from, Night to day, and it's like a light switch flips on, and it's just I don't, I, it, it's such a little thing. But in the theater, I was like, Oh my god, that's so cool <laughs> because it just looks so cool because it's that immediate like switch, and it was that you know kind of choppy effect of the editing sometimes too. But then also, these really long, drawn out takes, like you were talking about with this long take on the head, and it's just like you know, really emphasizing the gore and just making it. So disturbing.
1: Yeah, there were a lot of unique moments in editing. Um, that dark to light one. And even there were a few moments I specifically remember with Peter where his head almost gets like kind of blurry. Like you can tell there's like a, a possession for a moment or things like that. Um that were really unique. Things I just feel like I haven't really seen in a lot of other movies that kind of made this its own unique entity. That's all yeah. I got.
3: Yeah, no, the long takes are really cool because the the movie just makes you feel so uncomfortable from start to finish. I think the long takes have a big role in that because a long take in general, I mean, it just makes you experience time at the same rate as the characters, which is a weird experience, and, like, any time you use it, but when you're just seeing, like, a character's face during the worst moment of their life for such a prolonged period, it just gets really abrasive
2: yeah like the lighting after um charlie gets her head cut off and then we're just like staring at peter for like i it's been a while since i've seen it it was it must have been like it it felt like at least like 30 seconds and like just the look on his face was like pure dread and i i think there was like a bluish tint to the the light like um like from the outside from mm-hmm. the uh light post that they ran into that was very intense and i thought very well done
0: yeah it was definitely uncomfortably long I and mean, then it's this like long scene of him driving away and driving back to the house and walking into his room and going to bed and not telling anyone about what happened and i'm sitting there like are you freaking kidding me you're just gonna go to bed but also like it's like what i don't i don't everyone's gonna react differently in that situation i'm sure like I don't have first-hand experience of that (laughs) so um but yeah I mean it's just like uncomfortably long scenes and takes and it's just oof, yeah also the the long um I don't I don't can't remember exactly which scene there there might have been a couple but Toni Collette's face when she's like just horrified and her mouth's open and it's just like pure terror and I think that's actually might be the poster or like in the trailer a lot but um, holding on that for so long, I don't know how she gets her face to look that distorted. <laughs>
3: <laughs> my my yeah. one plot holds Now speaking, you reminded me of it when you talked about Peter just driving home. How how was Peter not arrested? Because so he someone it was hit, died in his car. That was his responsibility. That is true. I never thought about that the entire time. He just spend the preceding hours doing bong <laughs> rip after bong <bar laughs> rip with his stupid high school friend, and then he's the driver in a car that's involved in the fatal accident and nothing happens to him. He just gets off completely.
2: I feel like that's even... a common plot hole in many horror films. Yeah, though.
0: I mean, it doesn't even show him getting questioned by the police or anything. It's just like she screams like, you know, in the car, like off camera and then it's like weeks later and they're all and accepted they're and moved on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean like even if your parent if, if mom doesn't call the police, like the coroner or something has gotta be like okay to go <laughs> in the middle Food. of the room. <laughs> something doesn't add up here.
2: What did you guys think about the clicking motif from the girl?
0: Very creepy. I heard it in while I was trying to fall asleep that night. <laughs>
2: I know some people are laughing in my theater when she did it. Like, I don't think people are taking it seriously. I didn't think it was funny. It's scary. It creeped me so out. Was this scary? Okay. Yeah, I it creeped me out.
1: It, it took me a while. The first couple times I did think it was a little, like, silly. But then it really picked up on the creepiness factor. So I think it was effective overall.
3: I was playing PUBG with my buddy the night after I saw uh, Hereditary, and he... he knew nothing about this movie and just randomly he started making that clicking noise and it <laughs> creeped <to> the shit <laughs> out.
0: <laughs> oh yeah i i think that it's i think the turn when it gets really sinister and creepy is when she's doing it while she's cutting the head off the dead bird and it's yeah. just like uh and also i think it's really eerie because that is something that i think a lot of people did when they were kids you know just making those noises just arbitrarily and so again like i think that this film is rooted in a lot of very realistic interactions and and a lot of realism even though it is has supernatural um storylines but yeah it's just like something that like a kid would do but then you know turning it into this really evil motif is just yeah
2: i mean it's a device to like keep her around after she dies too they needed like something to Signify that was there,
3: yeah the the way Peter makes that noise one last time immediately after he jumps out the window and gets possessed that that was it it was weird, it was kind of at like a lull after he had jumped out of the attic, but that I found that to be pretty disturbing, and it was but it was also kind of a good low key way of signifying that like he had now become possessed,
0: yeah, and um, I just want to. You know, commend Alex Wolf like for his acting. I don't. I don't remember seeing him in a whole lot before this. And I, and I, I should have realized I seen in the him movie. Since
2: Nickelodeon. If I'm, being yeah, honest.
0: exactly. Because uh, his <laughs> brother Nat
3: on Nickelodeon, on Nickelodeon.
2: He was in that boy band show, Naked thing. Brothers
0: Band. Nat Wolf is his brother.
2: Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It's a and throwback.
0: so when you look at Nat Wolf, like I, th- I kept thinking of Nat Wolf when I was looking at. Peter's care, you know, in in the Hereditary. I was like that's not Nat Wolf, but it really looks like him. And it's his it's brother. <laughs> it's Alex Wolf. <laughs> so, um but yeah, I thought he did so good and um for not having as many film credits as his brother, you know, has had in the last few years, I think uh yeah, I'd really like to see him in more. Um what what about you guys? What other a- notable acting performances
1: well, I think it starts and ends with Toni Collette. She mm-hmm. carried it in many ways. Um, I totally agree with you that Alex Wolf gave a strong performance as well for a character that went through a lot of change. Um, but she just gives you a big range from the genuine emotion, struggling with her mother's death and not seeming to really be sad, but then the crazy sadness and being overcome with the emotion of her daughter dying and, and all the way through starting to get possessed and the seances, like, there's just so many different moments where she uh, had to really knock it out of the park. Like, if it's not stuff you can just phone in or or, or act out half-baked, but uh, I thought consistently she kept it together and, and delivered a great performance.
3: Yeah, she I, she was just phenomenal, and, like, she deserves all the Oscar buzz that she's been getting. Um, and just ca- kind of speaking back to what you said, Zan, I mean, the way she could display her emotions on her face Mm -hmm. was just superb and it it worked her ability to do that worked really well with the way this movie was shot and the way it lingered on characters faces so much Mm -hmm. um it's like ari aster really gave her like the room to express herself and she Mm -hmm. took advantage of it um i thought that uh uh her her friend from the uh, seance was—I uh, I don't remember the actress's name—but I thought I thought she would.
0: Oh, Anne Dowd.
3: Anne Dowd. Yeah, you could tell—you could tell something was sinister with her from the very beginning, even when she was being so uh, like nice and comforting. Something was wrong, and that's kind of a hard balance
2: to strike. Um, going back to the mom, I think the moment that, like, my theater, like, freaked out the most was she was, I'm trying to remember, she, she was sleepwalking or whatever, and then she, like, woke up and started talking, and then, like, the moment where she says, like, I wish she weren't born or something like that, or I wish she I had an abortion, like, my whole theater just, like, oh. freaked out, and I was, yeah. like, that was very believable, and it was, like, a huge turn in the movie, um, Yeah. Yeah, She was, she did that very well. It was very scary.
0: (laughs) That was, yeah, that was another one of those moments where I had a lot of moments where I was just putting my mouth, or my hand over my mouth, just because, like, I was just in so much, like, shock, like, of what I was witnessing, and that was another one where she's having that exchange with Peter. I'm like, oh my god, how can you say that? And I think it ends up become, it turns out to be a dream, right? But it's still, it's like, those thoughts are there, like, she wouldn't be dreaming about that. Yeah. but, yeah, yeah, going back to Anne Dowd, i that's an actress that is just so good in supporting roles, and, like, I always kind of forget about her, and then she pops up in things, and I'm like, it's just always such a nice surprise. I'm like, oh, she's in this movie, she's great. Like, she's going to be great, and she always adds so much. She's very good at being, um, you know, kind of antagonists or, like, sinister characters, but cause I think she's in The Handmaid's Tale, too, and she's pretty evil in that as well, so...
3: The scene where she surprises Annie in the parking lot of the art supply store was just really sinister for me because
1: that,
3: that was the... Before then, you can maybe argue that uh, that she was just a, a kind old woman trying to help someone else with their grief, but from that point on, you knew that it was too... it was They were seeing each other too often for it to be a coincidence and that she wanted something with Annie... More than was being let on.
1: Where are you guys at with uh, the guy who played the husband? Because I thought that they just kind of needed a character for all the people who were possessed to bounce off of. And he wasn't bad, but he was pretty meh. And I I kind (laughs) of walked away from the movie thinking about how spectacular some of the other performances were and how he was kind of just there.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of just cliche aspects of this film in general. I think they... I mean they generally pull it off and that's definitely Not a bad thing but He was definitely like a device used to I mean someone had to Doubt what was going on like Mm -hmm. they needed A character um, To do that but I mean he served His purpose Um, Like I said I saw Like over a month ago and I Don't have any like memorable things That I have with him (laughs) So he was just like kind of a place figure Yeah
3: Like in a way I wonder if uh, Gabriel Byrne, the actor's just kind of really low-key, ineffectual performance was supposed to be kind of a, a reflection of his character's uselessness in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm being too generous with that. <laughs> um, th- it took me a while to realize that Gabriel Byrne was also the uh, the guy from The Usual Suspects too, which is just a random aside. Really? Yeah. I didn't know but, that. Yep. Oh. He's, uh, he's one of the suspects uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't know if I want to call it, call it the low point but it was just meh nah. probably the best way to sum it up
0: I mean I can always base like how much I enjoy a character or you know care about them you know based on if I how much I care when they die and when he died I was just kind of like well alright that's fine moving on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know i i don't know um what about this director it doesn't look like he's done much it's his first or movie. she it's it, okay
3: mm-hmm. it's an absurdly well-crafted movie for a first timer
0: yeah dang
1: what's his background did he did he go to film school like presumably or what's the deal
2: i looked him up he went to afi so yes he did and um, he had a few shorts no one watches shorts, so he was. I'm sure that helped him get to this point, but um, yeah, it's a debut film, I think debut films can be very interesting because we have no context if you're like into directors um, uh, it gives it a chance to be like really unique, and I think this is no different, um, sometimes that's bad, sometimes it's good, but I think uh, I think it's a pretty badass debut from him
0: Oh yeah, yeah. He's leaving one hell of a mark on Hollywood with this. Um, The producers too. They were, were they? I thought I saw in the trailers like producers from the Babadook and the Witch.
3: Yeah, it was eight twenty four. Oh okay. Yeah, because I mean they've also they did the Witch. They also did did they do um, It Follows?
0: Mm, They might have. I I would need to double check, but um, this had a lot of witch witch vibes. I felt like it was that kind of same slow burn.
3: A strong run of uh, pretty good horror movies. Mm-hmm. There, there were some witch vibes, especially in the um, kind of controlling parent who has things spiraling out of their control aspect. Um, I, mean, that, I mean, that's the most obvious similarity between the two movies to me.
2: The endings were, like, very similar, too. Yeah. Like, straight up, the evil people just win in both of those. <laughs> <laughs> just straight up, just,
3: yeah. Yeah. That's true.
1: So is there a sequel? Is is there somewhere to go from here where the demon uh, takes over the world, or are we walking away from this thing?
3: Yeah, what happens when payment is resurrected? That's a great yeah.
2: question.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I don't know
2: if this made no, enough nothing money good. to do that, but,
0: eh. I want Maybe. a sequel just to find out what happened to the dog. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: oh shit! The dog. I forgot about the dog. <laughs>
0: um, I think the dog died. Actually, there was like a quick cut of it on the ground, and I was like, my brain was like, no, no more dead dogs. I'm just gonna refuse. To, I'm just gonna block yeah, that out.
3: I hope the dog like ate at least like ate the people's corpses and found a way to survive or something.
0: It probably <laughs> did. Um. All right. Well, I. Any final thoughts or? I
3: mean, would you, Would you guys be like? Be willing to uh, join a payment cult and resurrect them. Like, what would it take for you guys to get involved in a scheme like this?
2: <laughs> Are there other uh, demons available? Other than yeah, demon?
1: I mean, they snagged
2: that one. Isn't there eight of them, or is the
3: other seven kings of hell? Like, do they any of them offer a sweeter deal if I bring them back instead?
1: I think one is the president of Russia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Twenty dollars in a case of beer, Tommy. That's all I need.
1: Oh, I was gonna say full well, salary and benefits, but I guess Dan comes at not quite as steep a price. Is Sandra
2: <laughs> omitted because of her female status? Or oh yeah, oh. did your grandmother
1: did you, was there any breastfeeding He's... going on, <laughs> Zan, that we should know
2: about?
3: Please you can you can join the creepy naked people.
2: Oh,
1: Meet the creepy mom. You can stalk He's... people around parking lots.
0: He's... yeah, I'm good at that.
1: <laughs>
0: there you go.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm pumped, yeah. guys! I'm excited. <laughs>
0: I'm ex- <laughs> I'll
2: do some research on the other demons. Thanks, Jerry.
3: Yeah. Cool. <laughs> let me let me know what uh, what Cthulhu's four hundred one k
1: package is. They match up to five percent. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: oh, Did anybody God. see? Sorry to bother you.
0: No, I no. need to though. Maybe that should be our next one.
2: I've heard it's good. Muy bien. Right. But it's very surreal.
0: Let Sam's recommend.
1: It's it's an absurd dystopia playing out the thread of capitalism's consequences on a grand scale.
2: Sounds like a movie we need.
1: Yes, <laughs> but it just kind of takes it one step further. It's it's great. It's funny.
2: I think we might be talking about our next episode here. Yeah. Hey. That sounds like a good
0: plan. Hey. All right. Well, I think this was a good first episode, guys. Um so, I, I mean, well, do should we, like, rate Hereditary or each give it, like, a rating or something? I don't know, like, if we want yeah. to star. stars. Yeah, sure people or... do that.
1: Out of five buffaloes.
0: Oh, yes. I like that. Okay. um, Just because of my bone to pick with the supernaturalness and just a few little things here and there, I'm going to give it four out of five buffaloes.
3: I'm going to give it uh, five out of five buffaloes it um I, I mean when i go into a movie like this i want to be terrified and this movie not only succeeded in terrifying me but it succeeded in keep creeping me out and making me uncomfortable for two and a half consecutive hours and that's like it's not often that a emo- that a movie affects me emotionally like this movie did um so for that like for that alone and for the fact that i think other than a couple of the plot holes that we pointed out it holds up pretty well when you do a really deep dive on it and when you really pick it apart. Um, so its I don't think we're going to see another movie like it for quite some time.
1: I would have to say 4 <laughs> out of 5 Golden Buffaloes.
2: Is Golden and... better than regular Buffaloes? Yeah,
0: wait, what is going on here? <laughs> I
1: I only rate in Golden Buffaloes and... <laughs> I refuse to reveal the exchange rate, but I will say before the podcast, (laughs) I probably would have landed on three, but after we talked it out and I realized I just kind of spaced out on some stuff and didn't really catch all of what was going on, once you guys explained it to me, I realized I liked it more, but I did think it was a
2: little long. I had to read about shit too after, like, I didn't know what the ending was when I walked out of the theater, I had to figure it out, so I'm right there with you. How many silver buffaloes, Jared? Silver? Silver. Yep. (laughs) You're gold, (laughs) I'm silver? What is that supposed to mean? It means you gotta earn it, baby.
0: Whose colors are that? Those aren't our colors. I'm torn
2: between three and a half and four, but I think I'm going with the four silver buffaloes. Um, I normally am not very into horror. I don't really seek out those types of movies, but this um, succeeded uh, in... Definitely keeping my attention. I know a lot of people think it was a little bit slow, but I appreciate a slow burn uh, every once in a while. And there are some plot holes and some other things going on. Once you step out of the theater, you're like, what is going on with that that don't exactly add up? But for the experience that I had in the theater, solid four out of five. I enjoyed it.
0: Nice. So Tommy's the odd man out with the five out of the five.
2: Man, you're just going to be, you can't really go down from there yeah. or up up from there. So everything, I, I mixed up my words, <laughs> <laughs> you can't go up from there. So everything's going to be compared to, uh, to hereditary from now on.
0: That's true. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this, uh, podcast. And, um, if you liked what you heard, I don't know, come back. Listen to my mom, maybe?
1: (laughs) Aw. I wish my mom listened to my podcast. I don't think
2: she's gonna listen to this either, but better chance than anyone else probably.